What's happening, everybody? Blake Neiman back at you with another episode of Blake's Take, where we are going to dive into a huge, well-anticipated deal in the NFL with Dak Prescott agreeing to a four-year, $160 million contract, including $126 million, which is guaranteed, which is the most by any quarterback or player overall in NFL history. The deal, which is technically for six years, but voids to four to do to help Dallas's against the salary cap, can be worth potentially up to $164 million. Prescott's signing bonus is $66 million, the highest in NFL history, with a record $75 million due in year one. That is crazy money talk. The Cowboys announced they have agreed to a contract with Prescott, but did not disclose the terms. The Cowboys will place the franchise tag on Prescott on Tuesday as a procedural matter. It's a process to reach a long-term deal with Prescott. Covered three off-seasons, grueling seasons where we were frustrated. Multiple mega-million offers and hours of negotiations. The Cowboys all along said they wanted Prescott to be their franchise quarterback for the present and the future. And Prescott said he wanted to remain with the Cowboys. And finally, oh, so, so long, they got a deal done. The road to the deal was complicated by extensions signed by fellow 2016 draft picks in Jared Goff and Carson Wentz in 2019. The final year collective bargaining agreement and the unwillingness for either side to bend and what they want in terms of the length of the contract. The Cowboys wanted a commitment of five years or more, while Prescott's side wanted a four-year deal. Now that it is finally complete, and the Cowboys have finally, and Jerry Jones has finally come together and be like, all right, guys, we need to get this guy on the team and keep him for a long-term deal. They finally came to their sentence, senses and turning their focus now away from Prescott's contract and more to trying to actually make their team win in the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl. The Cowboys have missed the playoffs in three of the past four seasons. Prescott's absence in 2020, however, showed how meaningful he is to their success. Before getting hurt, he threw for 1,800 yards with nine touchdowns and four interceptions in just five games. The Cowboys offense scuffled along for a few weeks without Prescott scoring one touchdown in three games after scoring at least 31 points in four of their last five games. With the contract secured, the expectations will be even greater for Prescott to deliver a Super Bowl to the Cowboys, who are we we are reminded each and every day by Stephen A. Smith how they are so terrible and how they have not made the Super Bowl in 25, oh, 25 long years. So great dear for, deal for Dallas, who are making an incredible room in their cap space. And fun fact right here as regards to cap space and money, Jerry Jones purchased the Dallas Cowboys for $154 million in 1989. He is now paying Dak Prescott $160 million for a deal. So he paid more for the Dallas Cowboys than he is paying his quarterback. He's paying more for his quarterback than he did to buy the team. 
oh, it's just crazy how much deals and contracts change over the years. So that was a great deal. Finally, I'm so happy for Dak and hopefully the Cowboys organization. I'm happy for them too. More happy for Dak getting that deal done. He wanted to stay there. And I'm hoping that that Dak staying there is going to lead to some playoff success. And eventually, maybe, just maybe, the Cowboys will go to the Super Bowl and some of their fans will finally be right in their predictions. On to other NFL signing news where the Bucks kept kept key parts from both their offense and their defense on their Super Bowl team in hopes of continuing their success in 2021. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers used their franchise tag on wide receiver Chris Godwin, which will ultimately cost the Bucks roughly $16.5 million and means they won't be able to tag outside linebacker star Shaq Barrett, who earned $15.8 million playing under the franchise tag last year. However, they locked up on their other key linebacker in Levante David to a two-year deal worth $25 million with $20 million guaranteed. Entering Tuesday, the Bucks had roughly $15 million in salary cap space. According to the roster management, they were able to get creative and use three voidable years in David's contract to help to help spread the cap number more evenly through. So he'll only count for $3.5 million against the salary cap this year. Godwin had a hamstring injury concussion and fractured finger that forced him to miss the first four games in 2020. But he finished with four touchdowns in the final three games of the regular season and led the team in receiving yards with 232 and a touchdown in the postseason, postseason. While David missed only seven snaps during the 2020 season. Not starts, not games, just seven in particular snaps. This guy was constantly on the field, which led him to make 117 tackles, 12 tackles for a loss, one and a half sacks, an interception, six passes defended, three forced fumbles, and two recoveries during the regular season, while he added 26 more tackles and a sack during the postseason when the Bucks ultimately made their Super Bowl championship run. So this is great news for the Bucks in working out their salary cap to the best of their ability so that they could, or in order to sustain two players in their key championship runner run. I'm so glad that they got this deal done. They really worked together to try and get the best money for their players and making it fair for them, while also making it fair for the organization to try and keep them uh, in, uh, as a part of the team and have enough room to make negotiations with other players such as Jack Barrett as far as their cap space goes so hopefully they can acquire some more players but these are two great re-signs to re-obtain their two key players on this team and now to round off this NFL segment we have news of the Tennessee Titans releasing veteran cornerback and Super Bowl star Malcolm Butler the seventh-year veteran would have held a 14.2 million cap number for the upcoming season Releasing Butler clears the $10.2 million in cap space. Well, Butler spent three seasons with the Titans, in which he finished last season with four interceptions, which was tied for a career high, 14 passes defended, and 100 tackles in just 16 games. For his career, Butler has 17 interceptions, five forced fumbles, three sacks, and 83 passes defended to go along with his incredible interception at the goal line against the Seattle Seahawks in 2016, and no, nearly a decade ago in Super Bowl XLIX. 
in which he solidified himself in a key moment in NFL history. So maybe we could see Butler sign with that former team in the New England Patriots where he became the incredible historic player that he is solidified in today. And hopefully he can continue that success in a different team outside of the Tennessee Titans because he has proven himself how much he can improve and how much adversity he can overcome coming from an undrafted free agent out of Western Alabama to Super Bowl savior for Tom. Brady the GOAT and the New England Patriots so he is a special player and I hope some team will take interest in him and his incredible talents. On to NBA after electing a all-star, a star-studded class of 2020 led by NBA legends in Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and the late Kobe Bryant. The Basketball Hall of Fame will officially enshrine two classes in the one of 2020 and this upcoming class of 2021. The full class of 2020 was unveiled on April 4th of 2020. The nine new members of the Basketball Hall of Fame will be enshrined on May 14th and 16th of this year at Mohorin Sun Casino and Resort in Connecticut after the original ceremony was delayed due to the pandemic, of course. The class of 2021, though, was revealed today and will be inducted later this year with the finals being Paul Pierce, Chris Bosh, Chris Webber, Michael Cooper, Lauren Jackson, Ben Wallace, and Yolanda Griffith. Also named as a finalist in this year's class, Coach Ricky Adelman, the ninth winningest coach in NBA history, Villanova coach and ultimate NCAA champion twice with both incredible moments over UNC, Coach Maureen Stanley, who led the old Dominant to a NCAA title in 1985. Coach Letta Andrews, the all-time leading coach in high school, all-time winningest coach in high school, male or female. She is the GOAT of high school basketball. As well, we have an addition of NBA legend Bill Russell, who is already in the Basketball Hall of Fame, but is this time is going in as a coach. Russell, who was inducted as a player in 1975, was the first black head coach in the NBA and led the, led the Celtics to back-to-back championships in 1968 and 1969. The entire class of 2021 will later be revealed on May 16th of this year. So great to see historic names making the list with two generational talents in Chris Bosh and Paul Pierce, as well as the long overdue induction of Bill Russell as a coach. He made history as becoming the first black coach in the NBA, especially during a very hostile, segregated time in our history. And it is long overdue for him to be inducted, but I'm glad he is getting the recognition he deserves as a coach in a very historic time of our country and I'm glad that all he all the impacts he had during that generation and he continues to have during this day. On to MLB where we have somewhat positive news for our Oregon State alum and baseball fans. If you're ever wondering about our Nick Madrigal and where he went was the star second baseman making his return to the MLB diamond. Healthy again after shoulder surgery, Madrigal is looking to build on his impressive debut with the White Sox from last summer. He saw his first exhibition action Monday since the operation going 0-2 in the 8-0 loss to the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are the defending champs, of course, so it's tough to win, especially after a young kid coming back. He said, though, it was great to be out there, Madrigal said. I was looking forward to all this offseason for this moment. 
It's been a lot of hard work, not only for myself, but the training room and their staff. A lot of people to put, be thankful for that got me to this point of my return. Madrigal, who returned 24 on Friday, caught grief from his teammates after he talked about reaching 3,000 career hits during a podcast. A couple players responded with Mr. 3000 t-shirts with Madrigal's face superimposed on the movie poster. During his first stint with the White Sox in his rookie year, Madrigal showed why he was the number fourth overall pick in 2018 amateur draft straight out of our hometown in Oregon State. He battled 340 with 11 RBIs in just 29 games, including a 321 average with just two strikeouts, tied with Yankees star DJ LeMahieu for the second in the majors. He, he just struck out seven times in 109 plate appearances. Madrigal said he feels even more comfortable around the team after playing in the majors last year. This year, it feels like I've kind of made those relationships and I'm able to kind of speak freely and I know how things work, he said. So I think this spring training, I feel a lot more like myself and it's a lot smoother this year. So I think are looking good for Oregon State alum. He is an incredible talent. We all know what he did for Oregon State, the incredible stick he had and the incredible infield skills he had. And he translated that into the MLB in his rookie year. And he's looking good coming off of his injury and is hoping to make a great impact, which I'm sure he will. He has such a bright future ahead of him in the MLB majors. As far as local sports we actually have in relation to Madrigal, we have some Oregon State baseball action with the Bees getting their 1-0 victory in the home opener against BYU. Wade Meckler stepped up to the plate with the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth inning and knocked a single to left to bring Ryan Ober in from third base to make the making difference in RBI to win the game. Not, Of course, not at the end, but it ultimately won the game. Relief pitcher Jake Mohand Mullen took the mound in the ninth inning, earning his third save of the season, while Kevin Abel and Ryde Seabee combined with Mulhan to hold BYU to just one hit and striking out an overall 10 of batters. So it's always great to see the Bees back in action, especially at our historic Goss Stadium. And it's great to see Kevin Abel back out there. I remember watching him in that 2018 World Series step up and close it out in Game Seven, in Game 3. So it's great to see him back out there and the Bees continuing to establish themselves as an elite force, as always, to be reckoned with in college baseball. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you enjoyed all that brand new stuff with Dak and his new contract. Seeing if the Cowboys can actually stick to their promise of going to the Super Bowl. Hope you enjoyed the NBA Hall of Fame class of 2021. Congratulations to all that made it. And all of the MLB and Oregon State combination in both the Bees playing now in baseball. And also Nick Madrigal and the alum trying to make an MLB comeback in his sophomore year in the league. So I hope you all enjoyed that. You can catch me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. Hope you all enjoyed. If you could hit the subscribe button, like button, it would help all those who are interested in local and national sports reach out and hear me talk about all the brand new stuff that we got around here. And I'll see you all in the next one.